Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. It is uh, great to be here with you all and with a slightly older John Sane today. John, uh, welcome to the podcast as your slightly older self. You know, somebody messaged me the other day and was laughing and said, Eric called you luscious. I was like, <laughs> I can't even remember that, that podcast, but I remember you doing it once and now I'm older. Just for all the listeners, we don't practice that part. Actually, we don't practice any of this, but uh, Eric always catches me out. Uh, yes, I am older. Um, I'd like to say wiser, uh, 45 years young. Um, the only thing I've realized more than anything else is that your body as a man gets a lot hairier as you get older. All of a sudden, I got hair on my back. I mean, like, where did that come from? It was never part of my life. But uh, as long as my hair on my head stays, uh, all good. Uh, last night on the farm here in Machubas Kloof, and uh, tomorrow I moved to Cape Town, which I'm pretty excited yeah, about. One. Sad mm. to leave my parents and dogs, but... Uh, Good to be in Cape Town. How are you, Eric? And tell us about your new son. You got a new one there. Jeez, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you get to the point where, like, Axel's been with us now for about a year and maybe a bit longer. And uh, coming into it, like, my expectation was Jaeger just needs to be Axel. And uh, he won't sure, be. No, yeah. he won't be. And he is far, far off. You know, like, it's actually. Looking at him, I think he must have suffered quite a bit of abuse, uh, yeah. especially from probably a male at some point, because yeah. he's okay with Danica. Like he, he runs towards her. I walk yeah. out, he runs away. And yeah. uh, so we're slowly building trust with him, but it's been really interesting so far. Uh, dude, um, I, I believe you were on a little webinar, maybe just before we started recording. <laughs> you want to tell me about that? <laughs> okay, well, let's get cracking into this week's uh, topic. So Eric and I have just shared our first international webinar series. Uh, we were invited to speak on the future of leadership for EO Global. Uh, so Entrepreneurs Organization is a global organization with chapters all around the world. I've done extensive work with them um, across many of their chapters in the world. And so they asked me to come and uh, be on one of their virtual learning tours and post that asked me to be part of the panel. And I obviously said yes. And I, they said, who do you recommend? And I said, Eric. And they knew Eric already because of the podcast. So always awesome to now start sharing these sort of platforms with you. And so we've just literally finished that call with another <laughs> professor of economics from Qashqai in mm. Portugal. And we had people from, I don't know, 20 or 30 countries. It was uh, live into Hong Kong, New York, London, and Mexico, wherever people were there from. And yeah, I thought this topic was really important for us to chat about. I think many people are in the same predicament of what are we going to do um, moving forward. And I think you and I have done all our research and all our writing and talking about this topic. So how was it for you, Eric? Yeah, listen, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was obviously really cool being on a series with you for the first time. We've never actually, we, we've spoken um, locally together, but we haven't done a, a global thing at all. No. So it was really good. And I think what we'll do for our next episode is to give the, the listeners a bit of an insight into what we spoke about um, right. on, the, on the webinar. Today, it's, it's special. Today, I want to focus on you, and I want to focus on, on the birthday. <laughs> so, okay. when, uh, of course, I'm not someone to let uh, an opportunity go to waste to create some content. So, when, uh, when your birthday rolled around, of course, I was yes. very grateful for you being another year older and wiser, yes. but I also saw an opportunity to create content. Yes. So, what I would love for us to do is for you to share 
Uh, what are the five things that you have learned over the past 45 years? Um, and take it away. <laughs> Firstly, I want to tell you, this is not what we planned. So, okay, anyway, we're going to go into it. You've caught me totally <laughs> off guard, but I'm happy to go ahead with it. Look, I think, I think um, at 45, I, I don't know if I was telling you, I was telling Sean, uh, my other friend, um, I've only got two friends, you and Sean. No, I'm kidding. So I was telling Sean, um, you know, at 45, uh, when I was younger, I thought I, I was, had this vision of a different person. Now at 45, my idea of success has fundamentally changed from owning stuff to experiencing stuff. And I think that has been the biggest shift for me is that mm. I'm nomadic. And for me, that's success. Uh, moving around with two or three suitcases, being able to check into an apartment I'm moving into in Clifton on the ocean for the next six months and watching summer come in is success, is having money in the bank and, and being able to have that freedom for me is ultimately the, 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 the thing that I'm celebrating the most. Um, do I want more things? Do I want to have new stuff happen, like more sort of relationship-wise? And yes, the answer is yes. And I think I'm in a state where I want to have that sort of uh, life partner. And I think that would be something nice moving forward. Um, but yeah, I, I've taken five lessons and five sort of sayings that I've recently shared that I wanted to do this on a podcast next week when we were going to record <laughs> this. But uh, here we are today. Uh, recording this with you now. So the first one is, you know, I make these quotes. I take sometimes, I take people's quotes, I make my own quotes. And I wanted to just take ones that really stood out for me and resonated with me mm. um, over the last sort of while. And so the first one is from a guy called Naval. And he's become famous because he had a tweet storm about not being rich, but being wealthy. But uh, he's become somebody that I've, I watch and learn from a lot. He's, he's quite enlightened in the way he thinks about things. And I think his priorities are very similar to mine. His idea of success is minimalism, but impact. And so his quote says this, it says, just like a low resting heart rate is the byproduct of intense exercise, low anxiety is the byproduct of intense self-examination. Mm, so and I think that what most people think is that anxiety is something that they don't have any power over. And I got to tell you, you know, when I was in my twenties, I was incredibly successful financially, but suffering from deep levels of anxiety. And I thought that was just the norm. I didn't know mm. that there was another way. I didn't know that I could be living without anxiety because I think like anything habits start slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly. And eventually this becomes who you are. And I remember speaking to a successful guy, and I say this with inverted commas around it. He said to me, he had to get blind drunk every Friday night so that he can get away from the stress that he had from the week. And he lived in a very nice house and he had a family and a beautiful wife and a successful life, but he was so anxious. Mm. And so I think one of the biggest lessons that we can start with is that emotional intelligence, emotional fitness is by far the most important thing you can focus on in order to live a successful life. And when you do get that right, you realize that all the crap that you've been chasing is just that. It's crap. Trying to, trying to numb and quiet down the anxiousness is, becomes a task because you haven't managed the anxiousness. Mm. And so for me, that quote really does start off the biggest lesson that I've been able to 
manage. And I think the success of my career is being very much about the emotional state that underpins everything else. Mm. I love you, that. Uh, I love that. that. You know, mm. when, uh, when I started coaching, uh, I've shared this before, that I, I always thought what I want to do is I want to hack, tweak, and optimize people's performance. Mm. And I remember my, my language back then was, I want people to be like, a hi- I want you to be a high-performing machine when you work yeah. with me. Yeah. And I realized now that when you do that, you very often forego working on depth and substance ah. and character, mm. you know, and that you almost have to, you have to almost have to go through that, through the mm. success and the finance, and the money and all that to get back to a place where you realize mm. actually those things are, they're nice add-ons, but it's not the substance of life. So you I know, think that's such, is, a, Eric, such a great point. Yeah, I think the thing is, is when you don't have the substance right, you never have enough, dude. Mm. You know, I remember getting, I was 27 and I could afford an M3. So what I did was I got an M3 convertible that I couldn't afford because that's what you do at 27 <laughs> when you've got lots of money. You know, I, I often say the biggest, the worst thing you can do is mix high levels of testosterone with high levels of money. Mm. You just oh, get yes. idiots. Oh, it, yes. It's equals <laughs> idiots. So, um, so I got this M3 and I was so, like, so like just joyous about my M3 convertible. And then a Porsche drove past me. And immediately, immediately, I was like, hmm, makes this Porsche. I I lost it like that. It was ridiculous. I remember doing that and I thought to myself, there's something wrong with this equation. (laughs) There's something wrong, you know? Okay, so that's lesson one. Love it. Emotional fitness is 100% your priority. The second one, the second quote that I've taken, which I'm loving Bruce Lee's wisdom. I'm picking, I follow him. Uh, well, don't follow him. I follow his pages. Um, yeah, I'm not a medium. But I follow his pages on social media and I love him so much. And he's, this one is great. It says, patience is not passive. On the contrary, it is con- concentrated strength. Mm. And I think what we've realized is that in a world that is all about go, 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 we don't have, we think patience is a weakness. We think that everybody who's going slow around us is useless. And, you know, the whole fast food movement away from slow food movement is a great example of the fact that we just don't have enough time. And so our relationship with time is obviously broken. And the society that we live in has prioritized growth, the growth doctrine that takes speed. And I think as you start growing older, you start to realize that, well, not, not necessarily, maybe when you start growing more emotionally aware and mature, you start to realize that anything good takes time, man. Mm. And uh, the sort of depth of being extraordinary is about micro additions of becoming better at what you do, chipping away, sculpting away at that piece of marble that's got David inside it. You know, it's like, mm. it's like that takes patience. And, and, you know, anybody who's done something extraordinary in their lives has spent an extraordinary amount of time by themselves developing the skill set. And so if you're rushing out to be an influencer without doing the work, if you're rushing out to become famous without doing the work or rushing out just to be rich without doing the work, you're never going to be satisfied. The The satisfaction is in the meticulous improvement of your skill, your, 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 yourself, you know, and, I think there's this, this level of understanding that actually patience is focused strength. I mean, that's just makes you take a deep breath and go, mm. okay, okay, mm. hold, 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 just hold. So that's lesson two. 
Yeah. What do you say, it's young so, man? It's so good to hear. It's so good to hear. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember reading a, 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 I think it was Walt Disney. He was speaking to a friend and the friend said to him, what are you working on? And he said, patience. Wow. And I think that's, you know, it, it is something that is very active that we have to work mm. on continuously. And, you know, it's so easy to like get stuck into today and to feel like, oh, like my dreams are just never going to come true. My vision for the yeah. future, never going to come true. Yeah. And then uh, like, I've, I've had this in the past week. I'm like, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I not getting the traction I want or the success yeah. I want? And then today we were on like this EO global uh, yeah. webinar series and like, but still, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, what's happening in my life? Where am I going? What's so? Yeah. And, and then you also shared, um, I think it's Scott Galloway's, he had that little poster of yes. the days and the decades. Yes. And it's so easy just to get focused on today and the frustrations of today, but not knowing that, like, 10 years from now, five years from now, your life's going to be so different. Hold. I think that's uh, that one word five is actually years. one week. What One do you week, mean five yeah. years? Five years old? Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it was Suzelle DIY. If anybody listening to this overseas, follow Suzelle DIY. You might not find her humor funny, but she's very South African in her humor. She's a comedian. And she was talking about the Corona Coaster. It's like the roller coaster, but the Corona Coaster. You, you're up, you're down. You're happy, you're sad. You're suicidal, you're winning. You, it's just this constant like mm. ping pong of emotions that we're going through. And, and you know, and that we said this in the EO Global, it's like you and I write, talk, workshop, this, this topic from different angles, but even you and I suffer from this, even though we're doing the work all the time. So it doesn't matter how in deep you are in it. Mm. I think that the, 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 the trick is to become aware of it and give it time. That's mm. it. Just Love give it. it time. Let it breathe. Hold. Okay. Cool. Number three. Lesson three. Doubt is not a lack of trust. It's trusting in a less favorable result. So here's the thing, is that we are all reality creating machines. Doubt is a reality creating tool. And so is creation. And so is worry. And so is uh, creativity. And so we are not, doubt is not stopping your dreams coming true. They're actually creating other things that you actually don't want to happen. They are mm. totally a lack of management of your focus. I call it perspective management. And so we always, not we, many people in the world think that, again, you don't have control over your perspective. And you think, well, you know, John, there's potholes everywhere and there's no power. And, and like, this is all affecting me. It's like, Yes, if you look for those things, that becomes your focus. And yes, doubt becomes this goo in your reality creation. It slows things down. It makes things mm. move in directions you don't want it to move in. And so doubt isn't not achieving what you want. It's actually focusing you on something you don't want. And it's really about becoming clear about the perspective management around it. It's, it you're trusting in a less favorable result. Don't trust in that result. And so mm. for me, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's this continuous moment by moment, moment by moment, management of what you're thinking about, how you're thinking about it, and what emotional state you have when you're thinking about it. Mm. You know, this, this morning, um, I was doing a facilitation and I got off it and I said to Cherie, worst facilitation in my life, like yeah. six out of 10. Yeah. I couldn't find my words, nothing. And I, I literally had to go, 
and recalibrate for the day and say, yeah. you know what, you can stay in this mode for the rest of the day and you can like, mm. like hinge yourself on what happened this morning or you can go make the decision to be more dangerous. Mm. And I literally had to go like, so to your point, like you had to become intentional about recreating the state that you are in, what you are choosing for the day. Yeah. And I think it's so easy just to, to get stuck in, well, it's kind of going this way. So that's just the way it is. Like it, it takes, it takes all the power of creation out of your hands. Yeah. And then you become, you think you're weak and you're not weak in you thinking you're weak. You're trusting your weakness. You mm. continuously trusting. And so you're just mm. trusting the wrong thing. So like, you know, we 100% trusting all the time, trusting yes. that it's bad or good. Yes. That becomes mm. your rudder. Mm. So that's lesson that's really number good. three. That's really good. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Number so, uh, lesson number four, our brains are wired for connection, but trauma requires them, rewires them for protection. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that we are naturally uh, collaborative as human beings. We're naturally abundant and generous. But what happens is that we go through trauma in our lives and we come out of it on the other side only focusing on protection not connection. Mm. And so I was speaking to a fellow futurist in South Africa and she said to me, and look, she's highly intelligent and I don't want to take anything away from her intelligence, but she proudly says that she's a cynic. So when I talk about AI and she talks about AI, I'm talking about all the possibilities and she's talking about all the imprisonment. Mm. When I'm talking about autonomous vehicles, I'm talking about the possibilities and she's talking about all the problems. And so what she doesn't realize is that cynicism is just trauma that you have not healed. Because what you're doing is you're in a self-protection mode. You are thinking that everybody's against you all because you had an experience as a child and now that has become your story and you're holding on to it. So trauma is a gift. It's a catalyst. Sean McKenna, my friend, calls it your gift challenge. It becomes this thing that catalyzes you if you choose it to. I was on a webinar the other day with a bunch of students and in South Africa, there's, there's sort of like, I guess a lot of racial tension. And somebody said to me that it was a chat box and I think it was a lady. She said, well, you know, you are white and we are black and your socioeconomic system um, didn't give you as much pressure. And so being a victim is okay when you're in our socioeconomic position. And I said, look, I don't want to disagree. I think you're right. But remember that um, Donald Trump is a victim and his socioeconomic system is very different to yours. So you can choose what your socioeconomic system or your your mindset based on your perspective, not your socioeconomic system, because he's rich and he's a victim. Those Republican billionaires in America are wealthy, but victims. They think Mm -hmm. that white men are being persecuted all around America. It's just a mindset. And so what that is, is unhealed trauma. That's all it is. It's like, even you can be that rich. Look at Donald Trump. He's that rich and that powerful, but he's so hurt as a young boy. Mm. You can just see his suffering. You know, one, a quarter of me wants to hug him and the three quarters of me wants to slap him. But a quarter of me does <laughs> want to hug him because mm. I just, I see a hurt little boy. And that lady that was calling me, uh, whatever she called me on the, on the chat, um, she's just unhealed trauma. And so we've all got unhealed trauma. So whether you're a woman and, or whether you're a man, whether you're tall or short or fat or thin, your unhealed trauma either 
holds you back and makes you a cynic, or if you heal it, catalyzes you into your next future. Mm, that's great. And I think the, the reflection point for me here is um, also just understanding that when people are snapping and reacting to you, that it's, it's very often from that, well, from being a victim or from being hurt. And when, before we got Jaeger, um, I made a video about the fact that when we got Axel initially, I would feed him and like within three bites, his food would be gone. And I remember feeding him once and I walked up to him and I just wanted to pat him. Like there was no, like, I didn't want to take his food away. And he snapped at me and I was so offended. I was like, you know, I'm feeding you. I'm looking after you, but you're snapping at me. Yeah. And now, you know, I'll feed him in the morning. He'll leave his food until 12 o'clock in the day because he knows that he'll get food again. And I posted this and it is Shiva um, actually sent a little note and she said, um, it's the same with humans. They grab when desperate, but calm when loved. Mm, and I thought that's wow. you know, it's so it's so true. It's so beautiful. Wow. And and I'm seeing it with Jaeger now as well. You know, three bites, food done. When we yeah. got him on Thursday, now he's already taking his time. He's like mm. slowly eating, digesting. Look, and I think I yeah, think that's it. You know, it's it's healing. Beautiful. It's healing. Yeah. Um, just if any of the listeners don't know. Uh, Eric and I adopt dogs from shelters. <laughs> so he's talking about his two Alsatians. And I recently adopted a uh, paid, I don't know, no, no, wrong terminology, <laughs> uh, thoroughbred rescue. Uh, we, her name is Shiva, but we've renamed her Piranha because she bites <laughs> and eats everything, including one of my trainers. That just before we went on the leadership course, she ran in and took one of my trainers, expensive trainers. I was like, I was on WhatsApp with my mom, mom find Shiva. She's got one of my shoes before she chews right through it. So we begin adopting and we quietly judge people who don't. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. So fifth lesson of Excellent. today. Yes. Um, times like these are what entrepreneurs use to create the future. And so for me, this comes down to two very big topics for me that I've been talking a lot about. And the first one is Is Corona happening to you or for you? Are you seeing this as an attack or as an opportunity? This is your drama triangle or creator triangle. So I've written about them extensively. I think we've spoken about them on our podcast quite extensively. It's such a basis and the very basic way to come at the world. Are you seeing this as an opportunity to create or actually being victimized Mm. by it? And the second topic is Nasib Taleb's book, Anti-Fragile. And again, when we are given these opportunities that come into our lives, how quickly can we catalyze and alchemize the learnings? So I had an ex-girlfriend and she cheated on me a few years ago and it devastated me, but I could only let go of that pain once I'd learned the lesson from it. And the lesson was very much a replication of my father leaving us and betraying us and like like treating us in that way, right? Um, what's the word? Betrayal and uh, there's another word. But anyway, I can't think of it. But so what she was doing was just playing out what my father had done to us many years ago to help me heal that relationship. So the sooner I could understand that that was the lesson, the sooner I could feel less sorry for myself, less angry with her to see the lesson and to see it as an opportunity to grow. Now I'm mm-hmm. friends with her. And 
this comes down to the situation we're in in COVID right now, and you and I have been vickling, schmickling, and pickling every type of new way to go about creating new ways to come at the world. And this is the energy that I think at 45 I've been able to harness where I used to feel sorry for myself or get caught up in being angry. And now 90% of my energy is about seeing an opportunity. And I'm not, and, and that's why I said 90% because 10% I am sulking and 10% I am angry and 10% I am frustrated. And so it's also okay to have those days, but really about prioritizing and giving the, 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 the sort of the giant bite uh, to what you are doing as this opportunity to be anti-fragile and to see the situation as COVID as a beginning of a renaissance, not the end of your old cushy life. Um, mm. I'm talking about you and me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about us. Listen, I think those are, those are all really great points and thank you for sharing them with us. Um, I actually have two questions. I'm not going to dive into that one. I have two other questions for you. Okay. The first is, is there a specific ritual that you go through on your birthday? Like, is there, do you spend the day in a specific way? Look, I always um, reflect. I always reflect. Uh, every year I reflect. And actually a video popped up from three years ago that I went into the forest in Cape Town and I made a video on the reflection that I had. It popped up on social media. But I always reflect. I think it's important to reflect. And, you know, you speak about accessing information in glances. And we, 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 we have this opportunity to actually dive deep into one taking heed of what we've achieved, what can we can be grateful for, uh, what are the things that we want to carry on taking with us into the next year, um, celebrating the miracle of actually being created, um, what do you want to change? I mean, just all this whole reflection point. So my birthday, I absolutely love what I always do anyway. So it's not about taking a day off that. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. It's just that taking a little bit more time to reflect on my day and try and eat my favorite meal for that day. And um, this time my mom made me chocolate oats, which is something I used to make myself on, um, on school holidays when I was a kid. And it's five or six ingredients and, and they've become my favorite dessert. But I overate. I had a sugar rush the whole day. But that's what birthdays are for, <laughs> reflection and sugar rushes. I mean, I don't drink alcohol. I, I guess it would be getting drunk. But my version is sugar rushes. Cool. And then the second question is that you sit down and, and create a different vision for the future. Like, was there anything that came out of that for you that said, this is what 45 is going to look like or uh, that the next five years or year is going to look like? Anything in that regard? Yeah, good question, Eric. I think the type of person I am, I'm continuously doing that. You know, I, I, it's not a, for me, the reflection point is an emotional one. I, I do those rituals that I learned from in Peru, from the Incas, where I write the things down, I sacrifice to Mother Earth, I burn them. So I've got that whole ritual. I've done that twice since I've been on the farm. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine tuning and, and, and doing that all the time anyway. And I don't want to give it time periods, almost you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza always talks about this concept that there's no time, only the forever now. And it's not about waiting time. It's about vibrating higher. Mm. So it's not, it's not a linear process. It's a vertical process of energetic resonance. And so for me, it's about, look, I want to create X, Y, and Z. How do I get to see my life from that perspective so that I can see it and experience it from that perspective? And then that comes down to how much work am I doing? What containers am I creating in my mind and my heart and my emotional state that gives me the, the um, worth 
Am I worth what I'm dreaming for? That's mm. the key here is that, you know, I want to live on a lake in France or Switzerland in a forest with a family, giving my time. And you know, that's what I want to do with earning X amount of dollars. Am I worth that? That's the question. And mm. so you can write your goals down so the cows come home and put those intentions out there. But if you don't think you're worthy of that, how are you ever going to create it? So for me, the practice is put the intention mm. out in that head, but then in your heart space, come down to the process of, am I worthy? Is this what I deserve? Am I worth getting up on stage and earning that from that company? And no, you know what I earn sometimes with international clients and it's so much money, but I've done so much work around feeling that I'm worthy of it, that I don't have mm. imposter syndrome. And so I think that becomes the most important thing. Mm. Good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> listen, from, uh, from myself, from our listeners, uh, we love you. Thank you for sharing yourself and sharing your gift with us in this podcast. It's been such a great journey and great to be a part of it, uh, your journey. So congratulations on 45. And we'll do another recap when 46 hits. Really old. I mean, dude, I'm 37, but like you are, you're an old man. <laughs> I'm going to catch you for your birthday. Now that, now that you caught me today, hoping for yours now, so that uh, by the time we get there, you have your five lessons ready. But Joe, thank you, Eric. Uh, thank, thank you for you. making this podcast possible. I love you too, and I'm enjoying this uh, journey. And the fact that we love dogs together from, uh, from shelters already <laughs> balance out. Like it is really the greatest base of any friendship growing. So thank you to all the <laughs> listeners. And Thanks, uh, we look forward to having you on our next show. Ciao. Ciao.